Well, again, good morning, everyone. We're glad that you're here to uh, worship with us. Uh, we're kicking off our uh, new series called Box Office Wisdom uh, today, and we're going to be looking at the movie uh, Snow White and the Huntsman, and we're going to be talking about the theme of jealousy. And uh, Randy's going to come up after I'm done entering uh, this message, and he's going to talk through uh, how the Bible can help us in overcoming jealousy in comparison. And uh, really what we're doing through this series is looking at some of the summer blockbusters, uh, what are their main themes, and then comparing that, what does the Bible say about that topic, and what is help that we can come as we compare what we're experiencing in the movies and the media, and what does God say about uh, those topics that we're dealing with. Uh, Snow White is a fairy tale that you may be familiar with, uh, depending on where you've grown up, but most of us are familiar with this this, this idea of this beautiful uh, Snow White who talks to birds, they talk back, and it's amazing. Nature is like her best friend. And then you have this queen who longs to be the, the fairest of them all. And she looks into this mirror and demands that she knows if she is number one in the whole land. Is she the most desired? Is she the most beautiful? And you really get this familiar story that we have in this movie, Snow White and the Huntsman, it actually takes a little bit darker approach, uh, not maybe the, the beautiful nature story that you might be used to, uh, but it really portrays uh, this evil queen who will do anything that she can to claim the right to being the fairest of them all. And the mirror tells her whether she is or not, and through the movie you see this idea of when Snow White becomes the fairest, uh, the evil queen sees Snow White as her number one target to take out, to really take her beauty and her youth from her. And you think, wow, that, that sounds pretty, pretty dark and evil. Well, you know what? It actually, it is. But you can actually watch this movie, and kind of what our design this morning is to pull out what are some of the things that are in this movie. So the main theme, that, like I mentioned, is, is jealousy. And you see it really epitomized through the evil queen and her pursuit of Snow White to... to become the fairest of them all, to be the most beautiful, the most desired. There's a few other themes that I wanted to mention as well that, that come up uh, in the movie. Uh, before I do that, though, this is a little tease. We want to show you a little clip that kind of gives you a little bit of just a, a backdrop to this movie. This is kind of a behind-the-scenes look, so why don't you watch this so you can get kind of the flavor of the film. Mirror. Mirror on the wall. Who is fairest of them all? Ravenna is the Eagle Queen, played by Charlie Theron. The Queen is death. She has no heart. Ravenna's mission really is to live within the greatest means of power. She's the darkness within us all. You are the fairest, but there is another destined to surpass you. Snow White. Bring me the king's daughter. What does she want from me? You. Beating heart. Ravenna and Snow White are, are bound in a way. I should have killed her when she was a child. Snow White's escaped. The Queen promises the Huntsman something very valuable if he sets off on the mission to capture Snow White. Hunt her down. And if I refuse, 
through his knees. As an outsider, I see her as all of the things that the audience will. Such beauty. But how strong is your heart? But as an insider playing her, I had to not think about those things. She's perfect to play the queen because she's got this presence. She has this icy cold kind of evil stare that she, she throws at you. She can level you. You know, I wouldn't want to fight her. <laughs> when you come across a part like that, you, you take advantage of it. Did anyone else smell popcorn? It's like as you watch that, you know, you just, where's the popcorn? That gives you a, a, little, a little bit of just a, an overview of, of the film. And there's a few other themes, like I mentioned, that I just want to touch on. Uh, the director there is talking about the evil queen and how she represents the, the darkness within us all. And that's another theme of this movie, this idea of the darkness, which represents really the sin uh, within us all. And lots of movies try to portray some sort of idea of this darkness or this sin or this struggle. And you see it between characters, you see it within people, within themselves. And it's the, the same in this movie. It's really that struggle between right and wrong, the, the, the light versus the dark, this idea of, of good and evil and what's going to come of it. And so that, that idea is woven into this movie and it definitely fuels the queen and her jealousy, that idea of the darkness that's, that's within her. Another theme is, is comparison, which also is, is linked to jealousy. Uh, the queen becomes jealous of Snow White when she compares herself to all those in the land. As the mirror portrays what, what the reality is, she, she begins to see and compare herself and is unsatisfied. And then another theme that you see is this, this role of the mirror. And movies do this well, this idea of a greater power, a greater knowledge that exists out there. And in this uh, movie, the mirror represents that. Something that knows everything that's going on and can com communicate that. And so you see, again, another kind of thing that grabs us in movies is the idea that there's something out there that exists. There's something out there that knows more than we know. And that draws us in. And good movies do that. And this movie's just like that. It gets you to the point where you... Maybe you can't relate exactly to the queen, but there's this thing where you, you can identify the struggle and the battle. And as I was dealing with this myself, just kind of getting my mind around this theme of jealousy, I thought, well, you know, I'll be honest, I haven't looked into a mirror and said, mirror, mirror, who's the fairest? You may have. I'm not going to ask for volunteers. But there's a part of you when you see that you're like, that is ridiculous. I don't talk to the mirror when anyone's looking. But there's something about this idea of jealousy that I know I can relate to, and I'm sure you can too. And it happens at a young age. As I was thinking about my own life, I thought, you know, playground when, as a, when I was a kid, there's always a part of you which you wanted to be better than the other people on the playground. You wanted your family. Like, my dad's stronger than your dad. There's this comparison that goes on. And I had a recent conversation with uh, my daughter, who is in preschool, and she was beginning to kind of realize this in a relationship she had with, with a, a girl in her class. 
and she talked about this girl, and we were talking about school on the way to school, and she's mentioning how this, this girl is a, a special girl, and she, she draws perfectly, and she's the teacher's special student. And she's like processing, and we're having a discussion. And as I realized, as I'm helping her process, I was getting kind of upset. And I was thinking to myself, well, you're a special girl. And your teacher needs to know that. <laughs> and I then saw this girl that she was talking to as we're walking to school. And you know what? I actually looked at her a little different. I just thought to myself, you're not that special. I'll admit it. I didn't say it. Definitely didn't let that out loud. Sometimes I shouldn't even appear. But this is the thing that, that goes on. It's this thing inside of you where something, someone has what you don't have or someone has status that you don't have. And even as it relates to your kid, you want your kids to, to be the best. And it's this battle of if they're not, what do you do? And as you compare to other families and other kids, and I thought about that in my own life and in life situations. It's like when you, when you don't have kids and you're married and you just long for kids. And when other people have kids, you're thinking, oh, I wish that was me. And then when you have kids, it's amazing. You long for a time when you don't have kids in the same way, like where you're free. And this past weekend, my wife and I, we have three kids, and we were away without the kids. And there's this time sometimes in the grind of life where you're thinking, oh, man, how much easier would it be if we didn't have these young kids right now? And then I was gone on this trip, and I didn't have the kids. And you know what I was thinking about the whole time? I sure, I sure do miss those kids. I, sh- I kind of wish they were here. And that's, that's how it is. It's usually the situation we're in where we're not content. We're always comparing it to something that we long for that we don't have. And this is what happens with this idea of, of jealousy. We begin to notice things that we don't have in others, and we begin to compare ourselves, and it begins to kind of churn inside of us. And Randy's going to speak a little bit to the roots of that. But I know for myself... And it's an identifiable struggle to most of us that there's just something that goes on in our hearts and in our minds that just messes with us. And we can focus on it, and it, it just gets to us. And you see it in bumper stickers in a humorous way. You know, it's the, my kid is the honor roll. And then the bumper sticker response, my kid will beat up your honor roll kid. And you know, you're like, that's hilarious. But that's rooted in this idea of, I'm going to take you out if you're better than me. And there's a part of us that if we'd really admit it, that we can relate to that. Because there's that, that struggle that, that we all have. And God wants to help us with this. But it's something that we have to identify and, and learn how do we move past it. Uh, in, the, in the movie, when the director's talking about that, that darkness within us all, he's really identifying that, that struggle and that battle. Uh, someone said this about jealousy. It is not love that is blind, but jealousy. And I think they're on to something. There's this idea of when you're focused on what you don't have and when you're focused on the status that someone else has that you don't have or the success that someone else has that you don't have, it begins to be all that you can see. And all you know is you don't have what you want, they do, and that's all you can focus on. And that becomes the filter for which you see the world. And there's that discontentment. And the, the emotional response is usually from that. You can become bitter. Well, why, why do they get that and I don't? And then that can lead to you evaluate, should they be in the position that they are in? Should they have received that promotion and not me? Should they have the success and not me? And then that can lead to, to that judgment. 
the bitterness, the je- jealousy, and, and, and the judgment, and all these things go on within us. And I know in my own life, you don't think about how some of those little thoughts creep in, and if you don't deal with them and line them up with the truth and about how God says life works, they begin to really take root. And Snow White is really this, this picture of what happens when it fully takes root. And like I mentioned, this, this movie is kind of a darker movie than you might be used to in your fairy tale that you read when you were a child. But it really is an accurate portrayal of what jealousy and this bitterness and this comparison does. There's a picture in that little clip that you saw where she's sucking the life out of someone. And that really is an accurate picture of this jealousy that gets in there. You begin to suck the life out of those people you're fixated on. And it gets in ruins relationships and it messes things up. And, and it also sucks the joy out of your life as well. Because, again, those are the blinders. That's all you see. And so this movie, you can see that it's showing this just turmoil and struggle and battle. And it's really a representation of what begins in our heart. And so I want to invite Randy up. He's going to talk through where, where does this come from and then how does God help us? We're going to overcome jealousy. Uh, we have to know where it begins. So I'd like to trace where it starts. It starts with desire. That's normal for human beings. We want something. And maybe even we long for something. We, we want it. Uh, it could be a ribeye steak, a uh, new car, a certain person to marry. If we, we want a family. Maybe we're single now. We want a family. We'd like to look differently. You know, this happens in sports. You know, you're built like a, a lineman, and you'd really like to be a wide receiver. You know, just some, something different. We have desires, good and bad, positive and negative. That's that's normal for us. It's it's how we handle the desires that crop up in us that matters. This is where jealousy begins. We want something. We have a desire. The queen in Snow White, she wanted to be the fairest of them all. The next step toward jealousy, the first step actually toward jealousy is to covet. When you covet, it means that you want something someone else has. When we covet, we enter the danger zone. And God tells us to stop at the border of the danger zone. Do not go in there. Don't, don't covet. This is, this is what his commands in Scripture are all about. He, he gives commandments. They're not arbitrary. They're, there's a reason behind it. He loves you and I. He, he knows best, and he wants to show us the best way to live. And so he says, do not covet. It's one of the, the God's top ten. It's one of the ten commandments. And it, it represents when you, when you decide to covet, you step into the, the danger zone. We'll look at this more in a little bit. Envy is the next step toward jealousy. I covet something another person has, and resentment begins to take root because they have it. This grows into full-blown jealousy. When I get into envy, it's real, you're in real danger. It, it could grow into jealousy. I envy another person and feel that my rights have been violated, and then I begin to treat them as an enemy. This is what you see going on in the fairy tale. When, when we are jealous, we mistakenly think that our problem is with the other person. 
who has what we want. That's a mistake. The problem is in us. We have a virus that can destroy us. Jealousy is dangerous because it begins to shape and it shapes our attitudes toward the people around us, toward the people who have what we don't, what we don't. If we let it lodge itself in our heart, it's going to take us down a path that destroys relationships and eventually destroys us. I'd, I'd never read the fairy tale. It wasn't number one on my list of things to read when I was growing up as a boy. This week I read it. Very interesting. The Brothers Grimm do a good job with this. The very last line in the fairy tale says, The queen, overcome with rage and jealousy, fell down dead. She was overcome with it. It killed her. That's where, that's where you end up. That's the danger. It, if it lodges itself, it takes you down a path of destruction. It starts destroying your relationship. It's almost and maybe impossible to actively love someone of whom you are jealous. It's, it's very, very difficult at, at best. So let's look at where jealousy takes you. That's how it starts. Let's look at where it takes you. First of all, when you get jealous, you begin to feel sorry for myself, for yourself. When I'm jealous, I feel sorry for myself. In Psalm 73, the psalmist is comparing himself with the wicked, and they come up short. Comparison breeds jealousy. The psalmist, the writer of Psalm 73, is in despair over the prosperity of the wicked. He's looking at what they have and what he has, and he's saying things like, they have no struggles, they have perfect health, their life is just cruising along, and my life stinks. This is no fun to be me. And so he's comparing, and, and you know, none of that's true. Life is life for everybody. We all have struggles. We all, we all have health issues at some point or another. We all have things. But the comparison, it always looks better for the other guy when you get into comparison. And this is his conclusion, Psalm 73, 13, 14. All in vain I kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocence, for all day long I have been stricken and rebuked every morning. Full-blown jealousy turns into a personal pity party. I've been good for no reason at all. Look how I've, I've been trying to be good. I've been working on it. But look what's happened. This is horrible. My life's not turning out the way I want. We compare the possessions of others, their status. Maybe they get the promotion that we wanted. Maybe they drive up in the car that we were dreaming about. Um, maybe they, they have a beauty that we would love to have. Their life situation, current situation, is so different than, than ours. We come up short. We can always find someone who has more. Always. And we're sure that we are the better person. We've been trying to be good. We're sure of that. And so we throw a fit. That's, that's where jealousy takes you. I, I have a pity party for myself. Proverbs 23 says, Let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. Surely there is a future, and your hope will not be cut off. Trust God for the future. He is our hope. 
not the mirror. <laughs> you know, it's interesting how in movies there's a supernatural element many times. Many times it's there. Because what's going on in the spiritual dimension is real. God and his ways are not factored into most movies that you watch. It's not, not the usual thing. The characters in the movies and the stories, they, they decide how to respond, not based on God and his ways, but they face the challenges and opportunities in their own strength. It's a rare movie that pictures the truth. What's real is God is the number one factor in everything we do and in the outcome of every choice we make. He is the major factor. And if you trust and obey him, he will not rip you off for your obedience. But comparison sometimes can take us down the path to a really wrong conclusion. So jealousy will lead you to throw your own personal pity party, I feel sorry for myself, or it can lead you to become driven. I become driven when I'm jealous. Look at Ecclesiastes 4. Then I saw that all toil and all skill and work come from a man's envy of his neighbor. This is also vanity and a striving after the wind. If we're not careful... We compare what we have with our neighbors, our family, and friends, and we begin to chase after what they have because we feel cheated in comparison. We waste time and effort this way on what doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. We're just chasing it because other people have it. Jealousy also eats us up inside. If I get jealous, it eats me up inside. Proverbs 14, 30 says, A tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. What we allow to go on inside of us, in our heart and mind, it impacts our health over time. As I said, at the end of the fairy tale, you see how rage and jealousy tore up the queen. The churning and the grinding and the swirling of emotions created by jealousy causes real damage to our health. Wouldn't it be great if you could go into the doctor's office, you know, you're struggling with high blood pressure or you're, you're having some heart problems, and the doctor says, here's the diagnosis, you're jealous, you need to stop. Just stop. What are you thinking? You've been jealous for a long time. It is, it is tearing you apart. It's, it's tearing you up inside, but it's beginning to show on the outside. That'd be great. That's really what's going on. That, that's what's happening. It, it eats us up on the inside. Final destination of jealousy is it creates disorder and evil practices. James 3. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. At, At a certain point, you will do anything to get what they have. And so you're strategizing. When, when jealousy is full-blown, you begin to devise strategies to run over people if you have to, to get what you want. Like the queen. Grimm understood this. The brothers Grimm. They both got it. To avoid the damages of jealousy, we have to stop at coveting. That's where we stop. This is why God draws the boundary line at coveting. It protects us from the damage of envy and jealousy. Look at Exodus 20, 17. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Don't do it. Stop. That's the command. 
It's best to stop jealousy before it starts. That's why God says that. If you've gotten into jealousy, if you're struggling with it, 1 Peter 2 says this, tells us what to do if jealousy has made, made its way into our hearts. So get rid of all be, evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. We need to banish jealousy from our hearts because it will ruin us. It destroys relationships, and it actually it destroys our ability to even relate rightly to the people around us. It's a virus that spreads to those around us. A jealous heart renders us unable to really love the people God's put in our life. How to get rid of it? How do you get rid of jealousy? Simply stated, stop comparing and start celebrating. 2 Corinthians 10 says, not that we venture to, or sorry, 2 Corinthians 10, 12, but when they measure themselves, that was the first part of this verse, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? Some questions shouldn't be asked. That's one of those questions. That's a really bad question. It's not only a bad question, it's a foolish question to ask. What does it matter? Who's the fairest of them all? Comparison is foolish. Instead, we should celebrate. Romans 12 says rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. When you and I make the choice to celebrate with others, when someone gets the promotion we wanted, when they drive up in the car we wanted, when they get our dream house on the beach as a second home, and we may not even have a first home, you know, whatever it is, when they do that, if we'll celebrate with them, it moves our heart in the right direction. It gets us moving in the right way. We start going in the way that pleases God. So it's very important to stop comparing and start celebrating. And here are some mental choices that we need to make in order to do that. First of all, accept the differences determined by God. Very important. When we give in to jealousy, as I said before, we assume that our problem is with the person who possesses what we want. But they aren't the problem. The problem, the real problem, is in us. And our real problem is with God. He could fix the whole thing by just giving us what we want. So we begin to take it out on the people around us when really we need to take up the issue with God. We need to go to Him and work it out with Him. Andy Stanley does a good job with this. In the book, It Came From Within, I think it's now called, it has a new name, Enemies of the Heart. But he says, when you're jealous, the key phrase is, God owes me. I'm entitled to this. Not only do I want this, but I deserve it. I should have it. God owes me. And so what happens is jealousy works its way into our heart, and it begins to impact our attitude toward people, which is really a reflection of our frustration with God. We need to accept what he has done in giving us 
the things he has and in holding back some of the things we don't have. Because God has determined some very important things about us for his reasons. We don't always know them. We will never see completely why he's determined some things about us that he has. But he has determined our design. Psalm 139 says, when he, when he knit us together in the womb, he made us unique. He's determined our life situation. He, he had us grow up. Some of us grow up, grew up in a, a family and in an area with abundant resources. Some of us did not. God decided that. He, he chose our life situation. Um, he has his reasons. I grew up, went to high school with a guy whose, whose father was the wealthiest airlines president in the country at the time. And visiting his house was like going to Disneyland. And it was awesome. It was right off Long Beach Boulevard. You just pulled into this little private drive with three or four houses. He had a go-kart that went about 60. We had a great time. <laughs> you know, it, it would have been very easy. And I'm sure at times I thought, wow, it'd be great to be him. You know, that'd be cool, you know, just to have his stuff. We would have football parties over there. You'd have steak. And it was fantastic. You know, I grew up at 9526 Bowman in Southgate, California. I am incredibly grateful for that today. Because God used my background, and he, he used it to wire me together in a certain way to do exactly what he's wanted me to do. When you're comparing and looking at yourself what other people have, and you're not thinking about why God made you and the purpose for which he made you, you lose perspective. But he gave you, he made you, he designed you the way you are for a purpose. He put you in your life situation. If you're in ministry he, and if you're serving, he's given you the ministry you have for a reason and the gifting you have for his purpose. We're not going to see why he's done that completely. But as I set my heart to do what he wants me to do, to fulfill his purpose for my life, to accomplish his mission, the, the reasons begin to unfold, and I get a glimpse of what he's thinking and what he's doing. And life comes together as I set my heart on what he wants. To a small degree, I begin to understand. That's the only way. What I've discovered is that God's purpose unfolds as you submit to him. As you set your heart on doing what he wants you to do. To live for him according to his ways. Whining about what he's determined is very counterproductive. It's not helpful. Another key to dealing with jealousy is to take responsibility for your choices and effort. God's determined some things that we can't change. That's the way it is. But our choices make a dramatic impact on how well we're doing in life. And sometimes we don't want to own up to that. We don't want to own up to our choices. Proverbs 13.4 says, The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. This is the way it works. Things go better, better for those who work hard. To, they, they do what they can as they're facing challenges and opportunities. If, if, we, if we're in a mess, we need to own up to it. We need to take responsibility for our part. This isn't always our knee-jerk reflex. Psalm 19, or Proverbs 19 says, When a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. This is, this is sometimes a reflex. 
We need to take responsibility for ourselves. Accept the, term, the, the differences that God's determined. Take responsibility for ourselves. And decide to do our best to be faithful with what we have. It's from the hand of God. First Peter 4.10 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of, of God's varied grace. In this passage, he's talking about the, the church, the body of Christ, and how he's given us all different gifts for different purposes. And our focus should be to use what he's given us faithfully to fulfill his purpose in a way that honors him. The key question is not, how does what I have compare to my family and friends? But the right question is, how faithful am I right now with what the Lord has given me? That will take you on the path in the right direction. God is pleased with faithfulness, and he rewards it. Jealousy is like a current in the ocean that takes you in, a, in the opposite direction of where you want to go. I don't know if you've ever been in a, a riptide or a rip current. It's a weird feeling because you're in the ocean, and all of a sudden you're getting pulled out you want to go in you don't want to get so far out you can't go in and it takes you in the wrong jealousy does exactly that if you find yourself in the pool of jealousy you need to get rid of it so that it doesn't ruin relationships and ruin your life it it will do that it will ruin relationships and waste your energy And God wants to give you everything you need in order to overcome jealousy. He's laid it out. He's given us some really helpful insight on how to do that. Alex is going to come up and wrap up the message as the band uh, comes and takes their place. Thanks, Randy. Uh, We uh, we hope, sorry, that this has been a a help uh, to you. And one of the things that we do uh, each week is provide... Uh, some next steps uh, related to what we've been talking about. And uh, our th- and when you dig into the scriptures, you find the same thing is we really experience growth when we take steps to apply and to live out what we've learned. And so we have some suggested next steps for you. I want to walk through those. You can find those on your connection card. And go ahead and pull your connection card out of your program. If you've not filled that out, you need to do so. Uh, I'm done. Uh, we're going to be receiving... The offering, and you can drop uh, your filled out connection card there with uh, those next steps as well. The first one uh, that you could take this week is to uh, ask God to help you get rid of jealousy by, and you could pick one of those three that Randy just mentioned, uh, whether it's uh, taking responsibility uh, or accepting the differences uh, determined by God or being faithful with what you have. Go ahead and mark maybe the one that speaks to you or resonates with you as you think about where you're at in your situation in life. Uh, The second is, uh, for the first time, uh, I'm deciding to accept God's forgiveness in Christ and follow Jesus as Lord. Uh, If you've never uh, committed your life to Christ as the boss, if he doesn't call the shots in your life, that's where the power to change comes from. Uh, That's where new life starts, and we experience hope as we do life. God's never... Is this mic? It's going out, yeah? Thank you. You always wonder those things. Is this in my head or is this going out there as well? Um, <clears throat> I, I think I was just talking about the, that inviting 
Christ as the boss of your life. If you've not done that, you can mark that on your connection card. And as a staff, we will follow up with you and explain what that looks like in your life and and be there to help you kind of navigate through what that means for you. So go ahead and mark that. Uh, Third is to invite a friend to box office wisdom. If uh, you've got people in your life that you're relating to and you'd like to connect them to church, this is a good series to do that. And we have those flyers in your program that you can invite uh, and you could see what movies are coming up. Maybe think through some people that would get a kick out of coming uh, to hear about those. So use that flyer. And then last but not least is uh, to attend the CIV preview, as Randy mentioned. Uh, this is really the first step towards getting to know us at Church in the Valley and membership. And uh, if you've not, not RSVP'd, it's not too late. We'd love to have you uh, in the Oak Room at 1230. So there are, those are a few of the things that you can take. Uh, there's also... Uh, Maybe next step that God showed you, you can jot that down uh, as well. Let's go ahead and pray together. God, we thank you for your presence that is with us. And God, it is in you that we have the help to change. And uh, God, we don't want to focus our time on what we don't have. And we want to identify, God, how you are in control of our lives. You really... I want the best for us. And so, God, show us if there's anything that's just creeped in as far as a discontentment or a jealousy or an envy. And, God, we surrender that to you. Uh, We don't want to focus on that and allow that to guide our life. Uh, But we want to be used by you in the way that, that you see. And so we surrender to you this morning. In the name of Lord Jesus Christ, amen.